Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? That's Proverbs 31.10. It's on your little handout and you can you can highlight that in your Bible, underline it, memorize it. Even though our memory verse is something different, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's Proverbs 31.30 is our memory verse. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Did anybody memorize that this week? Did you, Melissa? All right. Good job. Melissa's got that memorized. So it's not real big, but um, it's one of those really um, intense ones. So remember last week, we talked about rubies. Remember, we talked about I, how I had um, wondered why why the Lord says in his word that a, woman, a virtuous woman, her worth is far above rubies. I wonder why it didn't say far above diamonds or far above emeralds or I like to wear turquoise. Why not far above turquoise? Why rubies? And do you remember we went over that a little bit? I still think it's so interesting that in the purest form, the mineral corundum is colorless. So it's completely clear, but it's also completely worthless until corundum is uh, comes in contact with chromium or the, and even in, just in trace elements of chromium. And that is what causes the rubies to turn red. And that's what gives it its value. And I just think it's so interesting and exciting that the Lord tells us that as women, our worth is, if we're a virtuous woman's worth is far above rubies. And I just thought about how, like, without the Lord in our life, we're just kind of colorless. I mean, we are colorless, not kind of colorless. We are colorless. And we, when we have Jesus, when we come in contact with the Holy Spirit and Jesus in our lives, that's when we we have color. I think it's also interesting that in some places, um, in ancient Greece and in India, rubies were said to boil water when they were thrown into it and melt wax when they touched it. And again, I just thought that was really interesting because I feel like um, as women, we bring that passion into life. You know, women are, are, are passionate some more than others. You know, you can go from here to here like really quick and there's just that passion. But also, um, it was believed that rubies melt wax when they touch it. And I, I believe that women, when we are doing what God has called us to do and when we're walking with the Lord, we can also melt the hardness of hearts of those around us. So, um, let's pray again. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I know that, um, Lord, that you say that your word is, it's for all of us. It's given to us for, for doctrine and for reproof and for instruction. And, and it's not by accident that Proverbs 31, 11, and 12 are in the Bible, Lord. And, and I just pray, God, that you would use this tonight to instruct us, um, to correct us. And also, Lord, I pray that Lord, that your will would be done in our hearts, but that there would also be healing um, where there needs to be healing. There would be um, building up where there needs to be building up in this in this study tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you like our list makers? How many of you like to make lists and follow lists? Okay, I'm a list maker. I have lists from my list. I even put on my list like how long it's it should take for me to... 
I, yeah, I'm, I'm bad. I have like different colors. So like I have my color for my job, my color for church, my color for home, my color for things I want to do or would like to do, you know, like my little projects that I do. So I've got these lists and I have like, okay, so this should take, you know, 15 minutes. This should take an hour. This should take a few days, you know, whatever. So, so as a list maker, um, these, these things that the word tells us in cha- in chapter 31, what the Lord tells us about this woman, it makes me really nervous because it's like, I can't put a time on there and I like to be able to put a time in a check mark. And so it makes me really nervous. So I'm hoping that through this study that you're not nervous, <laughs> even though it makes me nervous. I'm hoping that you, that we kind of ease our nerves in that, that are, you know, that list maker in us. Um, even if you're not a list maker, that when you see that there's all these things that the Lord tells us in Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman, that we can go, okay, with God's help, with God's help. And it's not us. Um, so, so in Proverbs 31, uh, verses 11 and 12, let's just go ahead and read that real quick. Verses 11 and 12 in Proverbs 31. Are you all there? Yeah? Okay. So Proverbs 31, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to go up to 10. It says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. Her, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. She will, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of his life. So there's key words here. We have two key words for tonight's study. And the first key word is um, trust. And the second key word is heart. So it says that her husband can safely trust her. And so he can, there's five H's that we're going to see where, you, where her husband can trust her. And Again, just kind of backing up a little bit. I know that some of you in here today are, are not married. And, you're, you know, I don't want you to just kind of check out and go, well, I don't have a husband. So, you know, th- this doesn't pertain to me. The word of God pertains to all of us. So you, even though you're not married, you may know somebody who's married that you can use, you know, that you can kind of use this study to encourage. Um, maybe you will be married someday and you can you can learn from this. Um, another thing that we can do is we can, in the place of where, where this passage says husbands, we can use, you know, we all have very close relationships. We can say, um, the heart of her, her parents trust her, the heart of her sister, her brother trusts her, her friends, her boss. I think that we all want to be able to be that woman that can be trusted with people's hearts and, and whether that's our husband or somebody else that's close to us. So I want you to, you know, like I said, if you're not married here today, you know, don't check out. <laughs> and also, too, I, I I believe that this also can be a passage and, and a time where we can be healed by the word of God. I, there's, I'm, I'm not... Um, Naive to the fact that there have there are women here that have been very hurt by husbands and um, are continuing to be hurt, and that there's betrayal and 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 just hurt. And so I believe that God can heal you also through this through this study. So um, getting back to the areas of trust that happens in this section of Proverbs 31. So there's five H's. The first one is your husband's heart. 
your husband's heart can can um, trust her. Also, the husband can trust her with his household. Honor. Uh, number four is for the long haul. So hall is the H. So <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and the last thing is harvest. So the five H's are the husband's heart, household, honor, long haul, and harvest. So again, the key words here is trust and heart. So when we trust something, we put our whole weight on something. And you've heard it said that um, when you sit on a chair, you're not concerned that that chair is necessarily going to break. There's the story of the guy that that um, was pushing a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls. And everybody was so excited about that. And he said, do you believe that I can put somebody in it? I can push this. And people were like, yeah, yeah, you can do it until he asked them to get in the wheelbarrow. So um, that trust is putting your whole weight in something. Um, the second key word is heart. The heart of a person is what encompasses that whole person or the essence of who that person is. So when Proverbs 31 says that her husband's heart can, her husband trusts her with his heart, it's he trusts her with the whole person or the essence of who he is. And it's very personal. It's a very personal thing. When a, a husband can trust her with his heart, that means he can trust her with his fears and his dreams and his flaws and his hopes. And again, um, this is, this is directly about husbands, but I think also too, it can be, you know, your friends. You know, can your friends trust you with their hopes and their fears and their dreams and their flaws? Um, can, can you say that your friends can trust you with that? Can you say that your parents or your siblings can trust you with that? So, um, let's go into the why. Why is it that her husband can trust her? Why is it that? And that's because of her heart. Because she has a pure heart. Proverbs 31, 12 says she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. So her husband can trust her with his heart because of her heart. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She does him good and not evil. It's really hard to trust somebody that is not good to you or doesn't bring good to, good to you. Um, another way that she Another reason that she uh, he can trust her with his heart is because she guards her own heart. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how do we guard our hearts? It's by being in God's word. How do we... How do we guard that part that we're, we're, um, that others are trusting us with, that our husbands are trusting us with? It's by guarding our heart and it's by being in God's word. Again, like I said last week, I know that, that women, we have a lot of responsibilities. We have a lot of, um, things that require our time. And what I've seen is in my own life and others, there's, there's those big things that are that are pulling at us. Of course, you have your job, you know, that you have to get to. You have your your responsibilities at home, and sometimes being in the Word of God seems more like a luxury and not a necessity. And what 
what this woman does is she flips that around. She believes that being in the word of God is a necessity. It's not a luxury. So we guard our hearts by being in the word of God. Um, being in Bible studies just like this. This is, this is being in the word of God. Going to church, taking notes, um, listening to podcasts. But it's important to do that every single day. And, and flip that around. It's a necessity. It's not a luxury. You know, you need to, you need to think of it like that. See the value in being in the Word of God. So many times we think that it has to be for hours and hours and on end. It has to be for, you know, if I don't do it for, you know, if I'm not reading my Bible for an hour at least, and then if you don't have an hour, you don't do it. It could be 10 minutes. It could be, you know, grabbing the proverb for the day. As a church, we're reading through the Bible right now. You know, that's the easiest way that I've found because, again, I am a list maker. I'm a checkmark person. So when I have a list that I'm going to read this part of the Old Testament and this part of the New Testament and this psalm and this proverb, and then I check it off and good, I'm done. With the, with the one-year Bible, it's really neat because you just go open it up to the day and you read it. And, you know, sometimes it's 15, 20 minutes, you know, but, but one of the neat things that happens is is that that relationship and having the Lord speak to you right there where you are, um, whether it's in, in your bedroom, in your living room, wherever wherever it is that you have that time with the Lord, the, the ministry happens when it's you and God. And sometimes, you know, there might be something that you're reading that you're kind of going, I don't even know how this is going to apply to me. But maybe it may not apply to you that day or that moment, but maybe a month from now you'll remember that. So being in God's Word is really, really important. Um, if you have not started that one-year Bible reading, again, you know, we're March, um, what, 8th today. One of the, the neat things is you can pick one up. You just open it to the day, and there you go. You don't have to worry about those check marks all the way back from January. You just start today. So she guards her heart by being in God's word because it says in Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So reading it alone is not enough. It's taking it deep into the heart. That's that's what's really gonna really gonna do it. Um, another way that she guards her heart is she keeps short accounts of wrongs. First Corinthians thirteen five says, "Love does not dishonor others. It's not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs." And I think that that's one of the hardest things to do in a marriage th- in a marriage relationship. Um, again, we're talking about husbands here. So in a, in a marriage relationship, those those hurts go down really deep, really, really deep. And I'm not talking about abuse. You know, again, if you're you know, God doesn't call any woman to be a punching bag emotionally, physically. You know, God doesn't call us to 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 stand there and take abuse. What I'm talking about is. Um, you know, he left the toilet seat up. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I mean, there, and I, I, I get that's kind of funny, but there's other stuff that's, that's hurtful. Um, but it's, it's not abuse. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. The Bible tells us to forgive as Jesus forgives. And God, God, um, can help you to forgive. So if you're having trouble, in that in that area ask god to help you forgive forgiveness is to free the captive and find out that the prisoner is you um, when we forgive our husbands it's for our benefit as well as his 
another way that that um, an, another way that she guards her heart is she also guards her tongue. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, "The words of the reckless pierce like swords, and the tongue of the wise brings healing." That's Proverbs twelve eighteen. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs fifteen four says, "The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but the but the perverse tongue crushes the spirit." So she guards her tongue. Let's um, real quick. Let's turn to James chapter three, and we're going to just read what James has to say about the tongue. Proverbs, or I'm sorry, James chapter three, verse eleven. And we're going to read 11 through 13. James 3, 11 through 13. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, the peaceable, gentle, willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace by those who make peace. So that soothing tongue, that, um, that, that virtuous woman guards her tongue. Proverbs 31 has only one verse that talks about what the woman says. The rest is action. It's what she does. It's been said that actions speak louder than words. Her husband trusts her with his heart because her heart is pure. Her actions are pure and her words are wise. So the second is her husband can trust her with his household. It says he has no lack of gain in Proverbs 31.11. He has no lack of gain. And why is that? Why is it that he has no lack of gain? It's because she doesn't spend money foolishly. It's, um, it's that, that man that is really, um, stressed when his wife is spending money foolishly. She, uh, number two, she also brings money in. And, you know, you can be creative with that. Maybe you have little kids at home and you can't necessarily, um, you can't necessarily go out and work, but there's there's ways that you can do things at home. Um, number three, she's creative in the spending needs. And if if you're having trouble with that, you can ask the Lord, you know, to show you what to do. You know, clipping coupons, um, shopping the sales, things like that, you know. But it says in... It says that her husband can trust her with his household. And why is that? Because he has no lack of gain because she doesn't spend money foolishly. She brings money in and she's creative in her spending. Um, the second thing in her household is she takes care of her children. Her children are well cared for. 
Third, she puts herself under discipline. She's teachable. I remember when um, when I was uh, young and married, I remember uh, my grandma was staying with us, and I can't remember which baby it was. It must have been my second baby. I don't remember which baby it was. But uh, my husband went to change the diaper, and I remember we, I always use cloth diapers with my babies, and I remember just kind of like, like, oh, what's, you know, he's not doing it right. You know, he just like didn't do it like I did it, so I didn't think it was right. And I remember going to say something to him, and my grandma put her hand on me, and she said, mijita, just because it's not like you do it doesn't mean it's not right. He's doing it. It was like, back off. And that was just like such a moment for me because I, I was real quick to want to go and, and fix it, you know, but, but he was changing that diaper. So the woman, she puts herself under discipline. She's accountable, um, accountable to her husband, accountable to, to somebody taught and disciplined by another woman. Maybe it is a grandmother or a mother or somebody she reads or, or a pastor's wife. I mean, we don't just, you know, go into this knowing stuff, you know, but find somebody who's older, who, you know, who's been through what you're going through and, and find out. And sometimes it's hard, you know, it's hard to be teachable. It's hard to really listen and go, you know, cause like I said, like that story with my grandma, it was like, you know, but he's not doing it right. You know, grandma, come on, <laughs> you know, but she knew my grandma had 12 kids, you know, this was like my second. So, um, so it's important. It's important that she, that the, the virtuous woman puts herself under discipline, that she is teachable. She doesn't always think that she knows everything. Um, and she's accountable. First of all, accountable to God and accountable to others. Um, fourth, she's a helper. The word of God calls us helpers. And then this is interesting. The Hebrew word ezer is used of God, not a person. In Psalm 33, 20, it says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 111.15 says, you who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. So the Lord is here to help you. He is your help to do these things. Again, you don't have to get that checklist out and do it all on your own. The Lord will help you. And he calls us helpers. Um, she also does these things willingly and she does things with joy the things that she's called to do. We're all called to do different things. We all have different gifts and talents. But the things that, that the virtuous woman is called to do, she does it willingly and with joy. Have you ever had somebody help you do something? Maybe it is one of your kids or maybe it's your husband or a friend has has offered to help you or maybe you've asked for help and they've done it just like in a hurry or, or complaining or or, you know, just not willingly. Um, that's just no fun, right? But the virtuous woman, she does things willingly and with joy. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. And how many times are you going, if I have to wash the same sippy cup again, I'm going to spit. Or if I have to, you know, really, right? Or if I have to, you know, wash this, I just washed the floor and now there's, you know, the, whatever. You know, the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. We do things out of love for the Lord. Um, I remember one time when um, I was homeschooling my kids and it was just a real busy time. They were, it was homeschooling them. And that, those were the days where it was like me and my kids at the table 
and I was a teacher. There wasn't like the video stuff and all that that they have nowadays. And, um, you know, of course, there's still all the responsibilities and there's still all the all the stuff that had to be done. And I remember one day um, just like ready to lose it. And it was like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. And I remember um, sending the kids outside and I had to, you know, once again, I was sweeping up something, cleaning up something. And I remember just praying and going, Lord, I'm going to lose it. I cannot do this. And the Lord reminded me that, first of all, this is what I wanted. I had always wanted to be a wife and a mom, always. That was like this big thing for me. And so the Lord reminded me, this is what you've always wanted, and this is what I've called you to do, and it's okay. It doesn't all have to be perfect. It doesn't all have to be done today. Just do what you can do, and come come what may, just le- let leave it there. So... Um, just remember that it doesn't all have to be done today. Do the best you can with joy, work at it with all your heart and leave the rest up to the Lord. So her husband can trust her with this household because she is his helper and she does things out of love for the Lord. Now, remember, it's out of love for the Lord. One of the one of the things that I found interesting as I was studying for this is that I went back to look at some of the things that women were of of this time when this scripture was written what they what they could do and what they couldn't do single women of the bible um they couldn't leave their home without their father's permission and then even then they couldn't leave without a brother or a, a male family member going with them wherever they were going to as their escort and to speak for them so they couldn't even speak in public once they were married they were not allowed to leave their home without their husband's permission. And um, interestingly enough, culture, when we were in Israel last year, I was standing at a shop and there was, a, and I was trying to, you know, talk to somebody and he was looking at me going, who speaks for this woman? He was looking right past me. Who speaks for this woman? So this time, the, the time that this was written it, you know, you kind of look back and you go, well, you know what? If my husband would only, then I would. Well, this was at a time when, when it was difficult for women. I mean, there was the, the rights and the, you know, we didn't have, we weren't able to do what we can do now. So, um, her husband trusts her with this household because she does the things out of love for the Lord. It's, it's out of love for the Lord. It's not because he deserves it. It's not because he doesn't deserve it. It's out of love for the Lord. The third is her husband can trust her with his honor. Her husband can trust her with his honor. So that's the third H. Trust with honor on a public level. So she's known for her kind words. Proverbs sixteen twenty four says, Gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That's, uh, isn't that true? Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. She's known for her kind words. Um, you can also really tear down, especially your husband, with words. And um, I shared this with my mom, and I think I can share it with you. I haven't asked permission, but I think I can. I remember when my brother, um, he got married really young, and uh, my sister-in-law used to really cut him down. In front. I was just a teenager, but I remember thinking, you know, you don't talk to him like, I could talk to him like that, but you can't talk. You know, she would just look at him, and, and she would say, you're so dumb. You're so, like, in front of people. And I remember just seeing what that did to my brother, 
um, just, you know, your words can just really tear down. And, and again, especially a wife to her husband can just really rip him apart if she's putting him down in private, but in public especially. Um, so this um, husband can trust her with his honor. Uh, she honors him. Again, Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. He can also trust her with his honor, again, because she is a learner and she's teachable. Proverbs 16, 21 says, The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. Uh, that he can also trust her with his honor because she has discretion in what she says and does. So words have consequences, especially in public. And years ago, you know, you, what, what you said was you, it usually stayed in the room where it was said. Well, then there was a telephone and it went a little farther. Well, now we have social media. So we need to be really careful what we say on social media because words do have uh, consequences. It's easier to tear, tear down than it is to build up. And once torn down, it's hard to repair, really hard to repair. And something that's, I think, a little bit more difficult for women, especially, is to realize that there's no need to say every word that pops into your head. I was talking to somebody right before this, and it was like, I have that written down. You know, it's like, there's no need to just say everything that pops into your head. Use discretion in what you say. We're having to learn that. We have a three-year-old in our house now, and it's like, you got to be careful what you say. Um, He can trust her with his honor because she is known for her reverent behavior. Her husband is known at the gates, and he could not do what he does if his wife was not godly. So again, there's there's areas in in the public arena that that he could not do what he does if she was not godly. First Timothy chapter three, and you can read that on your own. It's it's qualifications of leadership, and one of them one of those is um, that his wife is is also a believer. It's so sad. When a man is able to do what God has called him to do, he's not able to do that because of his wife. It's really, really sad. But then on the flip side, it's very beautiful to see when a man is able to do what he's called to do because of his wife. That there's, that you know that he wouldn't be doing what he's doing if it wasn't that she's doing what she's doing. Her husband can trust her with his honor because she uses discretion with her words and her actions. She's godly. Her husband can trust her because he knows that she's in it for the long haul. She's not going to just bail at the, at the first fight. You know, the first time he leaves the toilet seat up or squeezes the toilet, the um, toothpaste wrong or um, just, you know, she's, she's in it for the long haul and she, and she met her vows that she, um, that she took to the Lord. I was uh, listening to somebody that said that when she made her, when she said her wedding vows, she said them to the Lord because she knew that she was marrying an unbeliever. And so her vows were to the Lord. Her husband can trust her that she's in for the long haul because she takes her wedding vows seriously. And last, her husband can trust her for a harvest. A private, her, the private harvest is that her children call her blessed and her husband, her husband praises her. So privately, her children 
will call her blessed, and her husband praises her. And that's also in Proverbs 31. Um, the public harvest is that her works are praised in the gates, but the ultimate harvest is from the Lord when the Lord says um, that you're a good and faithful servant. Thir- Proverbs 31, 10 through 12 says, A wife of noble character who can find her. She is worth far more than rubies. Her daughter has her not her daughter, I'm sorry. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value that brings him good, not harm all the days of his life. And I have this little text that a friend of mine sent me. Um, we were talking about um, just you know praying for our kids and things like that. And she she was telling me about her her son that is now walking with the Lord. And I want to just, I want to just read this real quick. Um, okay. So the first part of this, she says, she says, Nathalie, please feel free to share this with anyone that you think it'll help. I'm sure that my son wouldn't mind either. She names him all of this after only 22 years of praying for him and begging God for my children So only 22 years, okay? She says he's 38 now, and he came to the Lord five years ago and is going to a Calvary chapel. So here's what what she said. Uh, This is what she's saying to her son. She said, throughout all the many years, I prayed and begged God and asked countless others of my friends and fellow Christians, including missionary friends around the world, to help me pray for my sons to bring them back to the Lord. Never in a million years would I... Would I have imagined some of the verses that you would be sharing with me from your heart years later? And she was showing me some of the verses that he had sent her. It brings tears to my eye. It brings tears of joy and thankfulness to the Lord to see how God is using you and is going to use you in the future to serve him. I am so thrilled to know that you're in church with a great pastor and mentor. And then she said, please uh, thank your pastor for me. And she said, I love you with all my heart, mommy. I think that's so cute. He's 38. She, calls, she says, mommy. Um, and this is what he said to her. He said, I love you. I'm forever grateful for the way you have shown me how to be an obedient child of God, your loving way and all the, and your loving way and a man of faith that I am today. I am truly blessed to have such an amazing mother. You have done for me Wait a minute, let's see. You have done for me will always be one of the greatest gifts from God. I love to see how strong you have been in all the heartache, and it has made me the man that I am today. And that was uh, that was the end of that one, one text. But um, I wanted to share that because... Again, the harvest isn't that isn't that one of the things as as women that we that we strive for is the harvest. You know, we do things out of the love for the Lord, but the fact that it's true and we can see that we can see. She says, after only twenty two years of praying for him, and I know there's stories right here in this room um, about how how a mother's influence has has affected for for. Um, the Lord. So whether married or single, we can take heed from the, from these verses. And wouldn't you want to be that wife that her husband can trust with his heart and with his honor 
and with his household and with his um, with his harvest and that you're in it for the long haul. And the same thing, don't you want to be that friend? And don't you want to have friends that that you can trust with your heart, that you can trust with, that they're in it for the long haul? And the first time there's a misunderstanding, they're not just out the door. Wouldn't Don't you want to be that that one that um, your parents can trust and your and your kids can trust, your boss can trust. I want to just read real quick again one of the things from last week, just as a reminder, just trying to focus on the reason why that we're doing this. I I like to have reasons why. There's always a why for something. And and again, I wanted to know why rubies and not diamonds, why rubies and not emeralds. And why is there so much about the virtuous woman in this in this scripture? And um, because the Lord knows and he's telling us that there's that that there is no woman, regardless of age, beauty, family, education, experience or wealth. There is no woman that will ever be able to find true fulfillment in life unless she becomes what God has designed her to be. And that is the woman that finds her worth as far above rubies because of who God has designed her to be. And all of you, your worth is far above rubies. And when you find that, when you find what God has designed you to be and really run in that, man, world, watch out, right? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for um, for your love that you have for us, that you tell us that you are our helper. You tell us that we don't have to do this on our own. This isn't just a checklist so that we look good and so that we make our husbands and our friends look good but so that so that you are glorified and lord we just pray that as we continue to study proverbs 31 lord that it would be for your glory that it would be to make you famous in jesus name amen